Ho, 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 we made this. everyone and welcome back to You Have Been Watching, a podcast devoted to looking in-depth into the fascinating curiosity that is the British television sitcom, part of the We Made This podcast network. I am your host, Tony Black, and I'm, jo- <laughs> Sorry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Robert Turnbull. And in this episode, we are celebrating one of, Brit- <laughs> one of British comedy's greatest traditions, with our very own Christmas special. I, I completely threw you... I didn't include that in the notes there, Rob. So, you know, when I threw in the ho-ho-ho, you know, I, I wanted a natural comic reaction and you gave me that. I, I mean, you know what? I'm always waiting for a ho-ho-ho. <laughs> so I was, I, was re- I, was, I was ready for it, but it still, it still got yeah. me. It still got me. Look, enough about your private life. Anyway, but <laughs> Merry Christmas. Anyway, um... We're, we're recording this a little bit ahead of uh, Christmas Day when this is hopefully going to go out. But uh, yeah, I hope you are full of festive cheer. No, yeah, a Merry Christmas. I uh, I am full of Christmas cheer. I'm uh, I'm one of those, you know, December the 1st, bang, there we, we're all the way through to 6th oh, of yeah. January. I, I'm sat here in a, in a Christmas jumper and a Christmas t-shirt and my Christmas socks. Fantastic. Christmas decorations all around. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. So you're, you're a full-on like christmas person then you love this time of year i really do yeah i'm i'm massively so and these christmas comedy sitcom specials that is a huge part of it for me genuinely it really is yeah well this was an idea we had in that obviously yeah the christmas comedy special is a staple of british comedy and it has been for ever uh, years decades oh yeah so we came up with the idea that we would and hopefully this will become an annual tradition as we do when we, while we do this podcast. But we choose a favourite Christmas special each from one of our favourite shows, and we then talk about that specific episode. So as opposed to talking about a topic or talking about a show, we're going to pick an episode, a Christmas episode. So we've gone for a, a, a different one each, and uh, I, I I quite like this format. I think I think this could be as like hopefully we'll do this podcast for a good few years to come and this will be fun every christmas i think picking a particular christmas episode because there is an embarrassment of riches with this isn't there oh there's so many i mean you could 
you could do like half a dozen episodes of these with you know with one show alone i mean it's yeah. like how many only fools and horses christmas specials are there it's just yeah. it's I, th- I think this is this is, you know what we're saying how much fun this is going to be watch this we're going to be really boring for the next 45 minutes yeah. no one's going to well, listen ever again that's standard you know that's a normal episode you have been watching <laughs> uh, but i've um uh, I've gone for uh, for my choice the uh, Christmas episode of well, and it's actually not necessarily a Christmas special because it aired within the second series of this show, but the Christmas episode of Bottom, uh, which is called Holy, and you Rob have gone for uh, a definite Christmas special in uh, uh, probably an actually much more famous uh, comedy franchise. You've gone for Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Now, both of these are very Indeed, different, yes. but I think they're great choices, both of them. Yeah, and I think they're also not... I don't think we were trying to contrive this, but they're also very, very British yeah. sitcoms, <laughs> these. Like, yeah. you know, some some of our beloved British sitcoms, are, you know, they are similar to, uh, to, to American sitcoms just with a British slant to them. But these are shows that you don't... These are so British, so British. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we, we're, we're definitely fulfilling the brief here of this podcast, but I think it, for us it was like you know we talked about it and we what uh, what was what uh, for me anyway it was what was the first one that really sprung into my head and I'm guessing it was the same for you really and for me it was Bottom. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, for me, it's like Blackadder was the first one, absolutely the first one that hit me. And there are there are other shows and there are other Christmas specials that that arrived very quickly after Blackadder. But almost, they almost have like a different conversation. And I felt for this, especially for the first, for our first attempt at a Christmas special, mm. Blackadder for me just was like, bang. Yeah, absolutely. It's a no brainer to do this one. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a great choice. So let's talk about each one individually then. So we'll start with uh, the, the the lowbrow before we get to the highbrow. We'll, start, <laughs> we'll, start... <laughs> well highbrow-ish. Yeah, well, yeah, highbrow-ish, yeah. <laughs> we'll start with my choice, Bottom. The episode Holy, which first aired, uh, it didn't even air at Christmas. That's like that's what <laughs> that's how iconoclastic, like you know, Rip Mail and Aid Edmonton were. It aired on the 29th of October 1992, so it actually aired uh, <laughs> at Halloween, bizarrely, even though they did a Halloween episode in the third series. And it was, it was actually interesting, random fact that's just I've just been reminded of, thanks to IMDb. The, the second series of Bottom was supposed to have six episodes originally, and Holy turned out to be the finale because the, the original episode that was going to be the final episode, Bottom's Out, out was, mm-hmm. was the idea, which um, saw them going on a camping trip to Clapham Common, <laughs> uh, Wimbledon <laughs> yeah. Common, I think it Wimbledon Common, was um, actually postponed for like uh, about two and a half years because there was an actual real life murder on Wimbledon Common around the same time. So they pulled, Oh God. yeah, they pulled the episode and mm. um, it was included in a video release on the VH- VHS back then, but it wasn't actually broadcast till 1995 on BBC two. So the Christmas episode, which didn't air at Christmas <laughs> turned out to be the finale, <laughs> which aired at Halloween, <laughs> which is bizarre. But um, <laughs> the episode um, obviously yeah, written, uh, and starring Rick Mail and Aid Edmondson. And obviously Bottom Bottom's a show I think we will talk about in more depth one day. We did mention it in our favourite TV yeah, shows. Yeah, I think so, yeah. As well. Um but uh Mail and Edmondson star as Richard Richard and Eddie Hitler, who are two like absolute losers who live in uh, Hammersmith in London 
uh, live in a grotty flat and are just basically trying to kill each other and get their end away all the way through. And it is heightened hyper-real comic violence. And uh, <laughs> in, this episode's all about them celebrating Christmas Day. Uh, <laughs> and that's basically pretty much all the plot you get, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but there's a bit more that goes on. What do, what's your experience with this one, Rob? Have you got any fondness this is this is probably i think my favorite christmas special of any any show ever i have to say what's your relationship to it so the well this is the we've we've not had this conversation yet i'm afraid tony but i am not a fan of bottom that's okay that that, that that's okay uh, it's not okay but it's okay the, <laughs> <laughs> um in fact i um i hate it i hate Do the you? show oh wow okay but but i'm not going to talk about I'm not going to talk about how much I hate it today because for one, it's Christmas and I don't want to piss on your chips. <laughs> but two, I think we, I think we will have a full episode where we will talk properly about bottom. Yes, and I can in, sure. I can be a bit more um, a bit more concise and mm. eloquent rather than just saying I hate it. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I I'm a big Rick Mel fan, uh, less so of Aid Edmondson. And I grew up on the young ones, which I loved when I was little and then grew out of very quickly. Then I was actually one of the few people that liked Filthy Rich and Cat Flap. Mm. So I, I sat down to watch Bottom thinking, yeah, OK. But it, it just never stuck for me. It never gelled for me. However, and I think I've said this so many times, um, in the 80s and 90s, you just watched what was ever was on. So yeah. I, I, I watched this when it was on. I, I think I don't think I watched the show after this, to be honest. I don't think I watched any. And I haven't watched this episode since. So like nearly, what, 20 years or something. Yeah. No, what, 30 years? Good. Yeah, God. it is now. Yeah, um, nearly. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I, I watched it again this afternoon. Um, as we record this, and I, I still don't like it. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my my relationship with Bottom is that I didn't like it. I watched it anyway, uh, and, and yeah. But you know what? I've, I did make some observations. I did make some observations watching it again, which I thought were interesting to me watching oh, cool. it after so long. But but cool. Tony, spring forth because this is this is your, your show <laughs> to talk about. Yeah, I it's absolutely okay not to like. I mean, luckily I did lo- I do like Black Cadder's Christmas Carol, so you know, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to get the flip side of this later. Um but that's <laughs> but that's okay. That's absolutely okay. You know, a lot of a lot of the shows shows like Bottom are very hit and, you're hit and miss for people and they are a bit marmite and I can totally understand why it wouldn't be someone's cup of tea. I think for mm. me it it just came out around at the right time. So I I I watched I think I watched this. You know, I don't think I watched this on broadcast actually because I was ten, and I and I really remember, uh, honestly, mm. being in, getting into Bottom, and loving Bottom later, probably even after it. Had sorry, finished. I'm just I'm just gonna get my giggles out <laughs> just now. Sorry, quickly, not to interrupt you, but yes, you love Bottom. You got into Bottom. <laughs> Bottom's a very funny word. I'm gonna try not to giggle anymore. Sorry. But, okay. No, continue. no. But but the, it's, that's the, male. May may rest in peace. And Edmonton would would be proud because the whole they yeah. they, they crafted all of their episode titles around a a, a bottom yeah. gag. So abs, it's fine. You laugh away. It's that's the and that's the juvenile nature of the of the humour, which I I me and my mates at school completely clicked with. So 
I, I, I really was getting into this. I think probably when the final series was broadcast, which was about 95, I was about 13. So I was just the right age. Mm. Even though they were yeah, like fifteen, they were like fifteen certificate on the videos. But who gives? Who gave a shit about that then? No, it was a wild west in those yeah, days. Nobody, was... nobody cared. Your parents didn't care anyway. So, like, you know, <laughs> we were all watching this stuff, and like me, and I've still got friends now, people I didn't know at school, but I met like not long after in my twenties, and just today I happened to put on WhatsApp on our WhatsApp group the scene where Richie comes in right at the start into the bedroom. Where Eddie's sleeping, and he goes, I thought I heard sleigh bells. Has he been like this? And I, I put that in the WhatsApp group, and all my mates immediately just started quoting the show back at me. And I've known <laughs> these people for like 20 odd years, and we all were just all, we all grew up with this at the same time. And even now, as men, you know, in our late 30s or early 40s or whatever, we still have that affection for it. It's It's a bit like, it's a bit like, the comedy of, it's a bit like punk rockers. You know, loving things like Bottom hmm. and the Young Ones is like, when punk rockers just always still, if if madness was playing in a club, they would go nuts. This is like the comedy version of you know of that you know or or, or any of that kind of Sex Pistols kind of stuff. You know, was playing in a club, they'd lose their mind. So it's it's that exact kind of thing. It's that sort of, it's almost like rebellious teenage comedy that's one step further from the Carry On films. That is gross out, pervy, you know comic book uber violence hugely lowbrow in many ways but this christmas episode for me has got all of those components in them it's got all the lines it's got it's got the funny moments it's got the violence it's it's the, it's one i think it's one of the best bottom episodes even if you take the christmas stuff out, out of it so i'm basically i basically just haven't grown up rob is is <laughs> what this all boils down to you know Basically, I was I was too old, too young. That's what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I was a, I was a fuddy duddy at twelve. The the episode itself. I mean, I suppose Christmas specials. I mean, this is a bigger question, I guess. But do are they designed to do some do things slightly differently from the main show, or are they designed to be essentially just Christmas versions of that main show? Because I think this one is an example of one of those episodes that doesn't actually do a lot differently really it still has them squabbling it has them fighting it has them you know making pervy jokes for the most part it's just a normal standard episode of bottom it just happens to be set at christmas yeah i I mean i think that's the big question and you know watching it again and i I genuinely i i don't want to be disingenuous with anything i say about the show because i I, you know I, i i was watching it today and it's a very good episode of bottom it's a really good example of bottom in terms of the the hit rate of the gags, in terms of the style of the gags, the 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 switching between the sort of the the gross innuendo, the comic book violence, and the kind of the very deliberately signposted gags. You know, because fifty percent of the jokes in bottom, the the gag is that you know what the gag yeah, is. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a very well constructed episode of bottom. Uh, regardless of whether I I like Bottom or not, but I I don't think it's a very good Christmas special, only because it's not special, and yeah. I think that's that's kind of my answer to the question that you're putting. And I think that Christmas specials at especially in the UK, especially you know British sitcom Christmas specials, 
tend to be something a little bit special they tend to be sometimes you'll you'll take the characters out of the main setting or you'll have a Christmassy event happening the episodes quite often are a bit longer than the normal sort of 30 25 minutes they might be 45 minutes even even an hour it's far more America weirdly with bottom which is there's no American shows like bottom <laughs> I doubt, doubt there will be no. Uh, but but weirdly, this thing of just doing an episode of Bottom, which has Christmas stuff in it, is more akin to the American format, I, mm. I feel like, especially the fact that it was broadcast, you know, outside of the Christmas schedules. Yeah. This idea of we just or we just do an episode of Bottom that happens to be set at Christmas. So although although I do think it's a good episode of Bottom and it's probably one of the be- at least the ones that I can remember having mm. watched, it's, it's probably one of the best I I'm not sure for me it's a good Christmas special because it's not special. Yeah. And I feel like they could have taken the characters and put them somewhere. They would have had justification for doing that or making it a little bit longer. Mm. Or I mean there are yeah, there are two th- I mean actually I don't want to get ahead of myself but I I feel like there are there are two episodes squashed together here yeah. and I think that if they'd if they'd focused on one or the other it would be a stronger episode. It would be a stronger story and probably a stronger Christmas story. Yeah, no, I agree. Let's unpack that a bit because essentially the plot is quite thin, but it is, it basically is the, you know, the concept of bottom is that Richie quite often plays the role of the female, if you like in the traditional, you know, if you like gender stereotypes of the time. So, and and Eddie is very much the male. And and in this, Richie veers from being a parent when he goes into Eddie at the very beginning. He's saying, open your presents and all this kind of thing. And Eddie's like the, the sulky teenager who doesn't want to be woken up. And then later on, Richie is the mom who's trying to prepare dinner and, he, and he's, he's trying to get mm-hmm. all the traditions. And, you know, um, <laughs> he says, right, I've got to get on with the sprouts. And then he says, oh, not sprouts. Nobody likes sprouts. Why are we having sprouts? He, he says, because it's Christmas. You know, <laughs> that's exactly, and all. Um, <laughs> and again, another good example is um, uh, Richie just pulls the, the the wires out of the TV when Eddie wants to go and watch something, and he goes, "We're going to do, yeah. we're going to do Christmas properly in this house, unless it's a Bond film, on obviously." <laughs> that's, that's, so he's he's just trying to get the traditions going all the way through, and it leads to lots of you know gross out comedy, and then the friends come round, and there's these two other weird losers called Spud Gun. And Dave Hedgehog, who come, who are Eddie's mates, and they think Richie's weird and and everything. And Richie's still trying to be the the the, the wife, the mother, you know, serving all these people. So it, that's like a good twenty minutes of the episode. And then the last ten, they find this baby on the doorstep, and it becomes a big play on the biblical story, doesn't it? On the nativity. So you have Spud Gun or Dave Hedgehog giving gold Frankenstein and girl. <laughs> It's different. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ed, and they've all got crowns on and, and Eddie's got a blue headscarf. Uh, Richie's got a blue headscarf on and he, and he starts to go, I'm the Virgin Mary. <laughs> this is maybe Jesus. And it's funny, but I've, I always found, and, and I still find, find it today, a strangely jarring disconnect. And, and that I actually think I prefer the first 20 minutes when it's just them trying to observe the Christmas traditions while Eddie just wants to get pissed and, you know, Richie's getting so obsessed with doing all these things, he chops his finger off and then he's trying to set, he sets the, the Christmas pudding alight and all this kind of thing. That, I think, is funnier 
And I think had they, it's like, this is, I think, exactly what you're saying. Had they started the episode with the Virgin, with them finding a baby, and then they play that nativity out all the way through, and they even do even more of the, I think it might have worked, I think that might have worked better. And that, maybe, might have made it a special episode as opposed to just being an episode of Bottom Set at Christmas. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I'm coming from. I, I feel like... It's almost like they had that they had that joke. They had the I'm a virgin joke, which is a good joke. It's like it's it's sort of well well delivered. And the yeah, and the the gifts, you know, the the Terry's all gold, the Frankenstein <laughs> mask and the gur aftershave. It's like that little build up. And they do it they 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 do it so nicely. The staging and the the leading you into it because I I do remember watching this and that's literally the only joke that I remember. Yeah from watching it you know nearly 30 years ago and it, it's a really good joke and i feel like they had that joke but they didn't want to or they didn't have the inclination or they just couldn't be bothered to build a narrative around the baby because i think these two characters with a found baby that well there's you've instantly got half an hour's worth of comedy there like them, yeah. you know, trying to have their Christmas and then it's interrupted within the first two minutes with a baby. And I think, like you say, that would have made it a special because it would have been very different, very outside of what they normally do, which is smashing each other up and being unpleasant. If they suddenly had a baby and for 25 minutes of the episode, they were almost trying to be better people. Mm. And then at the very end, it, you know, the, the baby's real parents turn up and take it away. Then that that would have given you something different. Yeah. To be fair, they may not have been trying to do a Christmas special. They might have just thought, let's set this episode at Christmas because we've got this good Virgin Mary gag. <laughs> but yeah. or, but also, I think if they had not done the baby stuff and just really gone harder with the Christmas dinner, because the Christmas dinner, there's there's a lot of bit like Christmas itself. Yeah. There's a lot of build up to the Christmas dinner. You know, like it feels like about 10 or 15 minutes worth of material is is. Richie trying to get the Christmas dinner done and then he sort of serves it all in about 90 seconds and they do a couple of gags and the potato gags really (laughs) funny if you know one or you know one potato or two two please no no one One. (laughs) that's that's you know that's again it's a good gag um, and then he put, and then he puts the potato he drops the potato onto the plate and the plate just smashes the plate (laughs) is it I, I think that had they just got a bit harder with the with, it's all it's almost like you have one episode and then you have the ending to a different episode yeah yeah it, it there it, there is something a little bit jarring that it kind of you've got this real build up of the kind of like the the mundane boring christmas with sullen teenagers and parent stand-ins and all these kind of characters going on and then it suddenly screeches to a halt to do this quick virgin mary gag and then someone comes in and shouts at them and then it's over and yeah. Yeah, it just it it is jarring, and I think. But who who knows what they were going well, for? It's like the whole series is irreverent and anarchic, mm. and especially if they weren't trying to do a Christmas special, maybe they just didn't they didn't give what? a shit, or maybe <laughs> maybe they wanted to do a Christmas special, but they wanted to do a Christmas special where they didn't give a shit. Yeah. Who knows? And that's entirely possible given those two. And I I think I think you're right in that it wouldn't surprise me if they had the Virgin gag first. And they built a lot of other stuff around that because the the, the you mm. know the core idea of Richie is that he's a virgin, and that he's desperately trying to get his end away. And he tells these tall tales about all these women he's bedded, and Eddie knows the truth and all this kind of thing. And that's a that's the recurring gag right from the very beginning and all the way through. 
so so I so I I could well imagine them having that joke and going, oh, hang on, this is a great little, and then they build an episode around it. And I think, you know, if you look at bottom, and we'll talk more about this when we talk about the show broadly, but if you look at bottom, it's very much designed to be a comedic version of Samuel Beckett and Waiting for Godot. It is it is oh, oh absolutely, it's two yeah. loser, and it's not plot driven. There's entire episodes where it's just the two of them in the flat. Like there's an episode earlier in the uh, second series called Culture, I think it is. And it's just them. It's a two-hander. And it just grows more and more absurd and weird. And they end up playing a game of chess. That's, and it's 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 really funny, but it is just about the dialogue. And it's just about the violence, as you said, and them beating each other up and leading to these succession of gags. And there's not really any plot. There's the minimum bit of plot in there. And you found that with a lot of the episodes. There were very often there were very few guest characters. It would quite often just be the two of them, and then you'd have someone pop up at the end, mm. like happened in this. And the only difference with this episode is that it ends with them actually getting a win for once. Normally it ends with one of them yeah. about to be crushed to death or kicking each other in the balls or whatever. This one, they get a woman who's gonna come in and breastfeed her baby, and then they're just like, Yeah, we're gonna get to see some knockers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> literally pretty much what they say so that's the only thing that marks this as a little bit different but it's a shame they didn't maybe put that level of plot first in this instance to try and make it a little bit different and explore that that idea of the nativity a little bit more and do that um, or alternatively don't do that and just play out the familial deconstruction of a, of a traditional family Christmas through the bottom lens of you know, grubby, pervy, unreal weirdness, you know, which is what they do, but play that out even more, go through the whole day. And they do all, they almost do that because it starts at the very beginning. Richie comes in as Santa Claus Mm. early in the morning and then they're getting up and they're getting the dinner ready and then they have dinner and then they're watching telly and they're playing charades. They, They almost do all of that. And it's just like, well, yeah, you tried to throw in something else and it unbalances the episode. However funny the episode is, it definitely does unbalance it. I agree. I think I think you're right. I think I can see that as a as a fan of this episode. And I've always thought that there was something not quite working about that that final ten minutes or so. Yeah, I think it I because it is an anarchic show and plot is not the driving force. And it is kind of like, yeah, at the last at the last minute they suddenly throw plot yeah. in. And it's and it's decent plot. It's plot which has so much potential for comedy with those characters. And yeah, it, it might have been special had they actually done a kind of a, a plot based episode. But I would say, you know, and I, I say this as someone who is less of a fan. So maybe you will maybe you will contradict me on this. But I feel like because it's so anarchic that they kind of they almost kind of get away with making mistakes because because there's no there's no set formula because they it's such a mess in terms of how they how they structure things that kind of like off the wallness that maybe they get a pass maybe they get away with it yeah yeah i i I think so i think at this point if you're watching bottom then you're going to be okay with this i think i think by this point end towards the end of series two you're either into this or you're not so anyone watching yeah. this, this isn't going to be a first time viewer probably most of the time putting this on. You know, it's going to be people who are like, yeah, I love this kind of thing. So they can get away with basically anything they're doing because they'll have a very cult audience. I mean, it was never a big hit. It was definitely a cult show hmm. and it 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 would have connected with teenagers a lot, you know, or fans 
in many cases, a lot of the fans of things like the young ones in the early 80s and, and, and the other things that, they, that both of them had done since, particularly male. Sure. But yeah, I think I think they do have a license to get away with a lot of stuff, really. It's yeah. And, and it's it's interesting because they actually this was actually one of the longest episodes and they had to cut stuff down to get it to 30 minutes for broadcast. So they, mm. they actually cut. But I think what they cut was fairly disposable. All, all it was was Richie was unwrapping a, a Christmas gift um, that Eddie had made, which was a really horrific self-portrait of, of Richie, which is where he just looks basically like a pig or whatever, something like that. Oh, yes, um, yes. And these are on these are on one of the videos, and I've, I've, so I've, I remember seeing these. Eddie smashing Richie's self-portrait on top of Richie's head. At one point, Richie finishing cooking the Christmas lunch and the Christmas tree gets set on fire. Eddie trapping Richie's finger in the window. And they're just extensions of a lot of the gags anyway, you know, really, that we'd seen. So I don't think they really lost anything by cutting those down. They didn't lose any plot, really. So, um, <laughs> but, you know, that's bottom for you. <laughs> it's not a lot of plot anyway. How could they? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I suppose to finish up then with this, would you would you say, I mean, I think I know the answer really for this, but where would this stand in terms of the quality of British Christmas specials for you, Rob? Is this... Is this one you would put up there with some of the best or would this be middle or is this one you would not really revisit? I've got to be honest. It's like actually regardless of how I feel about bottom, I'd I'd still put it really low because I don't think because I don't think it's very special. And I think that, you know, everything we've just said now, you know, what they could have done or should have done maybe because ultimately it's just an episode of bottom that happens to have a little bit of Christmassy stuff. Like the whole episode, up up until the Virgin Mary stuff, the whole episode could have just been Richie's trying to throw a dinner party yeah. or it's Eddie's yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it easily could have been. And I still think that it's it's probably one of the better episodes of Bottom in terms of the, the structure and the progression of the gags. Maybe because you've got the structure of a Christmas day, maybe that, that helped them kind of like it f- feed into mm. that. But I think, yeah, for me... Genuine, genuinely, like objectively, I put it really, really low down. Like I say, not simply because I don't like the show, but because I don't think it's it's a great special. Mm. And because not liking the show, I maybe don't give it the pass for that weird sudden introduction of plot at the sort of the 20 minute mark. So that for me is a is maybe a, a stronger mark against it yeah. because I'm less of a fan. Yeah. But I will I will say that watching it again i was really struck by how good rick mail's performance is cuz i have always objectively thought that rick mail is a far better actor than adrian edmondson yeah. I, I don't think that's a controversial no. view I, th- I think it's you know like a- aid edmondson is is fine for sitcoms and the occasional cameo but rick mail was actually genuinely a, a very very yeah. good actor and watching this again it's like and i think this episode maybe allowed him to highlight a bit more He's so good. Some of the subtlety of performance, the little moment where where um, uh, where the guys turn up at the party and he's trying to be jovial and they don't understand and he's on the doorstep and he just has this moment of like, no, sorry, sorry, it went wrong, it didn't work. Come in. It, it's it's a it's a really genuine, vulnerable little performance. He's he's so good. His performance is is far superior than than the sitcom yeah. itself, or at least the style of the sitcom. Yeah. But again, to be fair to both of them, it's like the the physicality, their performances in this are outstanding mm. 
even if I sit there going. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. They, they, I think they're they're pretty much at the top of their game. That that bit you referenced there when he meets Dave and Spudgun on the doorstep, and he can't yeah. quite see who it is. It's got my favourite line of the episode where he goes, "Oh, good God, my eyes! I really must stop masturbating." And he says it without realising. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Mail's reaction is fantastic because he just didn't realise he was going to say it. Every time I hear that, I just cry with laughter. Um, and I've said it so many times to my friends, just as a joke. It's just, oh, I really must stop masturbating. Um, but it, I mean, you, you probably should stop. Well, yeah, me. I should anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, uh, yeah, otherwise that'll be an awkward trip to the doctor, wouldn't it? Uh, but <laughs> yeah, um, it's for me, obviously, this is this is a classic Christmas episode. And, it, and a lot of it's based on the nostalgia elements. I do think that the, that the jokes are really good. I think it's well written. I think it is really brilliantly performed. I do agree about the the unevenness of the plot, but I do I do find this incredibly funny, and I always will because it does have that youthful attachment as well, much like the whole show, really. You know, mm. I mean, I think I'd say that about all eighteen episodes of Bottom, realistically. Um, so I, uh, I I can't really judge with any clarity, <laughs> anyways, because I'm too. Cl- I love <laughs> I love it too much, but um, but yeah, this this would be high up as a Christmas episode for me. Um, and, I, and I suspect what we're going to move on and talk to in a minute uh, will be a similar situation for you, reversed, which is appropriate given what we're talking about involves a very interesting reversal. <laughs> so so that's going to be fun to get into. But before we do, I think we should go to a little, um, a little break, Rob, and we can tell people a little bit about uh, our Patreon for We Made This, the network, uh, and give them a bit more information on that. So we'll just go for a quick break before we come back and talk Blackadder's Christmas Carol. Hey everyone, this is Tony, Network Chief of We Made This. As you know, our podcast network brings together a brilliant assortment of talent who talk about all kinds of pop culture content such as the episode you're currently listening to, you've just listened to, or you're just about to listen to. We'd love to keep the lights on a bit longer if you're able to support our network on Patreon. For just £2 a month, you get your name in lights on our website and the satisfaction of knowing you're helping us produce more great audio. And for £3 a month, you'll get your name in lights, but you'll also get access to an exclusive bi-monthly podcast from the We Made This Talent Pool on podcasting, popular culture and... You tell us, we'll take your suggestions. For less than the price of a coffee per month, you can help keep We Made This going. Just head to patreon.com forward slash we made this. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash we made this to get the ball rolling. Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome back, everyone. And we're moving on to talk about our second Christmas special. Uh, and this is yours, Rob. This is the one that uh, you chose. So yeah, this is um, Blackadder's Christmas Carol, uh, which first aired on the 23rd of December, 1988. So this is about four years before um, the um, uh, the episode of Bottom. And so this is, a, this is a genuine Christmas special that actually airs at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, why don't you talk us through... The, the basics of the plot for this one because it's actually fucking genius i think oh i mean it is it is absolutely genius and uh not not to start this off with a shameless plug 
but I've uh, <laughs> I've done some podcasts for Real Talk. I was Real hoping Talk you were going to mention adaptations this. of a Christmas. I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We've done we've done some really fun podcasts talking about adaptations of a Christmas Carol. Uh, we have an episode focusing on the movie Scrooged and other kind of spoof parody adaptations. We do kind of touch on Blackadder's Christmas Carol in that. So yeah. please, please, once you've listened to this, go and listen to that as well. And listen to the other uh, three episodes of that that we've done. Um, but to, I really get to grips to it here. For anyone who doesn't know, very, very potted quickly, Blackadder, um, very successful, very beloved British sitcom um, from the early 80s. Well, th- from early to the end of the mm. 80s. Um, and it is about it's about a bastard, a historical <laughs> bastard. Uh, and again, very, very British um, from the second series onwards. It was Ben Elton, and Richard Curtis writing it. The first series was uh, uh, Richard Curtis and uh, Rowan Atkinson. And basically it revolves around this character of Edmund Blackadder, who is a, a scheming, conniving, unpleasant historical figure, whether that be in Elizabethan England or in uh, the third series in uh, Georgian England. And we basically see the character on his descendants at different points in history. And it's really good yeah. fun. It's very British. Yeah. Um, it comes from the same sort of creative stable as Bottom, mm. but very sort of diverging it's tracks. It's the same sort of um, know, uh, comic strip sort of uh, tether, isn't it, in many ways? Or not the nine o'clock news. Yeah, that absolutely. Kind of, uh, yeah, completely. Alternative uh, comedy stable yes yeah the, the the term that we that that they and we all hate but we still <laughs> use it today yeah um yeah and and rick mail in particular he turns up in several series uh, aid edmondson turns up at, at one point and it's fantastic and yeah. by the time this christmas special came out there had been three series of it and it was a very firmly established character that edmund blackadder is this bastard and we see him at different <laughs> points in history and he has his long-suffering manservant or uh, uh, butler or depending what historical period it is baldrick who is who is <laughs> dumb as pig shit and also covered in it and it also stars people like Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry and Miranda Richardson. And it, it really is a, a very quintessentially British sitcom. Mm. Now, I've spewed through all of that just in case anybody listening to this hasn't seen it. I'm sure everyone's yeah. seen Blackadder. If you haven't, you need to get on that, guys. You need to go and watch it's it, a guys. Classic. And what this Christmas special does, which is so, so beautiful, is it takes our audience understanding of the character of Blackadder and it takes our audience understanding of Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol and it mushes them together and completely flips it on its head so this story in this story set in Victorian England Ebenezer Blackadder is the kindest <laughs> nicest gentlest man alive and we we see this this wonderful good good man who is uh, who is so good that he allows himself to be taken advantage of by every everyone else who is scheming and conniving and unpleasant bastards around him. <laughs> and what happens is he gets visited by a ghost with Robbie Coltrane playing a, a, a general a generic ghost of yeah. Christmas who basically turns up just to say, "Ah, oh, nice one, well done. You're, you're doing you're doing a good job. Just wanted to give you the thumbs up." <laughs> And this spirit then accidentally kind of shows him how unpleasant his ancestors were, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second, like how what how brilliant that is yeah. in terms of the structure of the episode. But through this story, this nice, kind, gentle 
Ebenezer Blackadder, he sees how unpleasant his ancestors were. He sees how miserable his far distant sci-fi future is going to be <laughs> if he continues to be nice. And so he wakes up on Christmas morning and decides to be an absolute <laughs> bastard to everybody, including, and it makes perfect sense in yeah. the plot, uh, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert. Yeah. I can't gush enough about this. So I'm going to yeah. try. I'm going to try not to gush, but it's it's a fantastic piece of comedy writing. Mm. Apart from the fact that it's just genuinely very very funny, it has very funny jokes and gags in it. It's it's a beautiful it's a a beautiful piece of writing. The way that it plays on our our pre existing understanding of these characters and these stories. If a Christmas Carol wasn't so well known as it is, and if Blackadder, especially at this point, wasn't so well known and so high profile as it was, then this would not work at all. If you sat mm. down to watch this and it's the first Blackadder you've ever watched, it won't really no. make any sense. You you wouldn't. It's like, why am I watching this nice guy become an asshole? But at that time, at that that particular point in in pop culture history, <laughs> it was the perfect moment for it. Yeah. And and before I take a pause and allow Tony and allow you to speak on it, <laughs> I do want to point out that the episode opens with one of the greatest gags in all history is a gag where the setup was written by Charles Dickens a hundred years before this TV episode right. aired. Yeah. And Ben Elton and, and Rowan Atkinson, they delivered the punchline, which is after having a little introduction that, that he is the kindest and gentlest man of London. We hear Ebenezer Blackadder out in the street shouting humbug, humbug. He then walks into his shop turns to Baldrick, <laughs> offers him a sweet and says, humbug, Mr. Baldrick. <laughs> it's, that's comedy writing at its yeah. absolute peak. And it's the perfect example of how of how this Christmas episode takes what we already know and throws it completely on its head. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to have some water and then let you <laughs> say what you think about it. So. Well, no, that that's a brilliant summation. Uh, I, I couldn't have done that better. That, that's fantastic. Setting the context for this because... You're absolutely right in that this came at the perfect time, I think. I think this this aired exactly in the right year in the at the right space because the mm-hmm. year after you get Blackadder Goes Forth, which is the last, to date, the last Blackadder, proper Blackadder series. There was a, 10 years later for the millennium, there was a, a mm-hmm. special called Blackadder Back and Forth where a modern Blackadder time travels through different eras and stuff. And it was okay, but it was, it it's, you know, it's not, the ending of Blackadder, I think anyone would uh, would wish, and and it, it for years they've talked about how Blackadder might come back and all this kind of thing, and and the, it probably won't now. So really, Blackadder goes forth is probably the final series, and you know for yeah. many, and I, I would include myself in this, it's the best of, of them, and and it's not for everyone. Uh, uh, you could you could line up ten Blackadder fans, and I think they'd all have different answers for what their favourite series is of Blackadder, which is absolutely oh, yeah. fine. It's like Red Dwarf fans, it's yeah, like... <laughs> totally. No one's going to agree. No. And for my mine is Blackadder Goes Forth. And that came a year after. So Blackadder's Christmas Carol is perfectly timed because everybody knows what who this character is. It's a really popular show. It's it's a rare example of a very clever, very witty, very erudite show based on history that breaks out into the mainstream and actually becomes a household name show even though it's completely... In, and we will talk about this more generally when we do Blackadder on the podcast, which I think we will do relatively soon. It, it, it completely sort of, I think, breaks with 
a lot of traditions in many ways. And it takes what we just described as that alternative comedy sort of stable. And it, it you know, Ben Elton and Richard Curtis and Rowan Atkinson, as you say, transform this into something quite unique and special. So this is absolutely perfectly placed. And I think the genius, the genius, it can't be understated how, how overstated how genius the idea of flipping round the Scrooge story for this is. I mean, that is, oh, yeah. it's, that is for me, that's a eureka moment of an idea. That I, if I've been Absolutely. Richard Curtis or been out and I, and I woke up with that, I'd have gone, fucking hell, that is amazing. It's, it's, uh, I mean, not, not to plug again, but, but in, in, in the real talk where I, where I'm discussing a Christmas Carol in greater detail, we talked about the fact that you, there is no other scenario where you could actually do this. No, there's nowhere else. If you just did a straight comedy or drama where you flipped a Christmas Carol, nobody would invest in it. No. Nobody would invest because it's like, well, why do I want to see this nice guy becoming an asshole? Yeah. But because Blackadder is so well established that we love the fact that he's an asshole. We like that he's a bastard because it's, <laughs> it's a very British yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it works perfectly. The idea of, you know, you are rooting for him to not be nice anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when he's being nice to people, you're kind of like, oh, why is he being nice to people? <laughs> when he starts punching people and calling the queen, you know, princess oink, it's kind of like, you know, yeah, there's the black adder that I know and love. <laughs> Princess Oink and the winner of the stupidest accent competition, (laughs) (laughs) Prince Albert. Um, Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant because, yeah, like you said, it's taking your preconceptions of Blackadder and it's taking your preconceptions of Scrooge and A Christmas Carol and and very faithfully because it's very, in many ways, it's very faithful to the to the idea. You know, it it is. Yeah, yeah. he's visited at Christmas. You know, it excises certain elements, you know, so it doesn't have all the characters course, from A Christmas yeah. Carol in it, but it's got essentially the basics, you know. I mean, really, Baldrick is like you're standing from um, Bob Cratchit in a way, in yep. some senses, you know, and so so it has it has all of these people, and then it has genuine like people you would see in in the um, the, the 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 mythos of of A Christmas Carol, if you like, you like his his niece. It Millic- in this case, yeah, Millicent, got, yeah. who has the screeching kind of laugh, and she's just immediately annoying. And it's it, and that's and, the thing. You know what? Everyone around Oops. him is a tosser, right? <laughs> like, well, this is and, this is what's so, so genius because so. again, it's it's almost. I mean, I, I I am taking it as read that most people listening to this have have seen Blackadder, but especially watching Blackadder at the time. And I know I'm I'm a, I'm a smidge older than you, but I'm sure you probably watched Blackadder. If not at the time, then almost at the time. Uh, but I, you know, I, I was watching at the time. I, I, I loved it. You know, little kid, not necessarily getting all the gags, but I loved it. Uh, but that was like we're saying that moment in time, the momentum of of the previous, especially the previous two series, because the first one is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But the momentum of the previous two series delivering you into that Christmas special, it it's perfect, and it. And it is those 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 recognisable characters. Mrs. Scratchit, who yeah. comes in to, yeah. to sell matches for her <laughs> son, Tiny Tom, who's built like a brick privy, <laughs> and occasionally says, "Few my leg hurts." Yeah, you know, it's like and it's like opening. This is the other thing. It's like it's just full of very funny jokes, like opening gags where Baldrick has has written out the Christmas cards. 
Uh, and he's written, have a have a merry, messy Christmas. <laughs> but he's completely, he spelt Merry Christmas without using any of the actual letters, <laughs> which is a fantastic gag in itself. And then in the, the end credits, yeah. the very, very end of the credits, it comes up with a, a message that says like, Emmy Quizmas, they've, they've done it. They've achieved it. So it's so funny. And yeah, the, the, the niece and the nephew, and then there's a, you know, there's a, Guy comes around from an orphanage with these huge fat orphans <laughs> that come around to like steal them, and it's it's great because quite often in in Blackadder the main series, people aren't necessarily nice, but but people are a bit more benevolent. Or you might have you know you have Scarlet Pimpernel characters who are kind of doing good things, and Edmund just finds them annoying, yeah. so gets them executed, and this kind of stuff. They're like, they're like dumb, aren't they? He's surrounded by a lot of foppish, uh, yes. stupid people quite yes. often. Yeah, dozy people, yeah. but not necessarily bad no, people. No, Whereas in, in this, he actually is surrounded by unpleasant people, unpleasant niece, unpleasant... There's a little... Uh, again, another fantastic... There's like a street urchin, because it's Dickensian, you have to have a street <laughs> urchin. So he gives some money to a street urchin, who basically sods off to buy gin... Yeah, and then there's this yeah, wonderful he says, gag. He he's... says, oh, are you a young, young man, are you going so, to buy so, that on a... Pie? On a... Yeah, and he goes, so damn, I'm off to the gin shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then it... it uh, and and we, see, we see Ebenezer Blackadder, when he is good, making so many excuses for these unpleasant people, yeah. while still making some very funny observations about them. But he's he's just he's making allowances. And Baldrick is the one being slightly more acerbic, slightly more, you know unpleasant towards them because he he's just frustrated and he can see how his you know his master and friend is is poorly used yeah but then almost immediately when he becomes villainous there's a there's a physical change like rowan atkinson's performance is is brilliant i think it's almost almost i would argue his best blackadder performance and i think that there have definitely been episodes in each series where he gives outstanding performances but I think there's something about the whole here that it's it's really really mm. good, and it's like the moment he gets up, you you suddenly can see that he's a bastard. Yeah. He doesn't even do or say anything, but you can see that he's a bastard now. It's in his body and there's movements this, there's this, completely, and he's yeah, face. it's just a look on his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. It just there's this lovely change, and he, he there's a, I mean I've not even haven't even touched on the cast. Like the supporting cast is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you've got like well. Aside from all the regulars, pretty much all of the regulars coming back, bar one or two yeah. exceptions, you've got um, Jim Broadbent as Prince Albert and Miriam Margulies as um, uh, Queen Victoria, both of whom are really funny as well, because uh, they're playing on the the perceived you know stereotype notions of of who they are. Like Prince Albert's constantly he's a bit he's a bit dim and he's he's a bit dim and clueless in this because he's constantly trying to get surprise presents and he just keeps saying what they are and he goes, oh, I'm so stupid and all this going. Damn, damn, damn. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. I love surprises. <laughs> and he's great. They're both really good because they're great comic actors anyway. Um, so they're, this is it. it they're a the, great the inclusion because they're, they're, so they're not in the normal retinue, are they, of Blackadder regulars? Uh, I mean, Miriam Margulies turns up in in an episode in the second series. Right. I can't remember whether Broadbent turned up before then, Mm. Uh, but Margulies did. But again, they're all part of this same stable. And we we sometimes lose track, especially with someone like Jim Broadbent, who is like properly 
properly become Hollywood, mm. basically. Mm. Uh, and Miriam Margulies, who's now kind of like national treasure level. She just goes on uh, She now, just if, goes on this morning now and calls someone a twat and things like that. Yeah, she, she just, she's she just goes on daytime TV and says, fuck. <laughs> yeah. in, her, in her beautiful, yeah. gentle, sexy <laughs> voice that she has. But it's, I mean, if, if someone were to say to you today, oh, ITV, they're doing a new drama about Victoria and Albert and it's Miriam Margulies and Jim Broadbent. You go, oh, yeah. that sounds good. Yeah, you would. They've got those. Oh, amazing. And you forget the, you know, Hugh Laurie. I, I love it when Americans discover Hugh Laurie in Blackadder. <laughs> it's one of my favorite, one of yeah. my favorite things. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite things. I th- Well, actually, that this this is a good chance to talk about the mechanism of this then in how they bring these people in because... I was just thinking I was just thinking I needed to stop saying it's great and actually talk well, about the structure well yeah because the structure is obviously really clever because as you said at the beginning it uses the idea of the ghost trying to uh, who unwittedly fucks everything up because he basically shows yeah. Blackadder all of these horrible people but it's a really clever and I've completely I've seen this before I didn't see it when I was a kid um, like you did but mm-hmm. I, I, I saw it I probably I'd say five or ten years ago actually for the first time it's not super oh, old wow. okay. and I loved it then but I'd completely forgotten that they, this is what happened that they went back to Elizabethan England Regency England mm-hmm. um, Georgian England uh, and then to the future completely forgotten these things the only Blackadder timeline they don't go to is the very first series isn't it which which is the yeah, which, medieval which... period isn't it it's like the 12th yeah, century and, or something and, and yeah that one um because that one was it wasn't ben elton and it was far more of a it was far more of a shakespeare parody yeah and it's very different it was more alternative comedy and also in that one blackadder is an idiot blackadder is a is a gullible idiot and baldrick is clever so it it actually just wouldn't it wouldn't have worked in the in the narrative because it's blackadder is one of those shows where the the first series is basically a different show yeah very blackadder 2 isn't it where it really becomes the show that's where it that's where it really becomes the show that yeah. we think of as Blackadder. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of this? Is, I mean, I think this is, a, again, a, a really clever way of being able to have your cake and eat it, I guess, and use and oh. show these eras in the Christmas period. It's it's genius. It's so clever because... So this this special came sort of at the end of it. It came in the production run, I guess, of the third series. Um, and we'll talk we'll talk at length, I'm sure, on a Blackadder episode. Uh, so Blackadder Goes Forth is your favourite. The third series, Blackadder the Third, is my favourite. Yeah. Um, for, for many, many reasons. I think that's kind of like the pinnacle. I think that's when Blackadder was at its strongest. Yeah. And I think that this Christmas special very, very... It really fits in with, with, with the aesthetic, if you like, or the comedy aesthetic of, of the third series. And I wouldn't have been surprised if they had actually done a a third series Christmas special based entirely around the third series. But the fact that they went for a new setting is brilliant because it elongates the saga. But like you say, they have their cake and eat it because, first of all, we go back to the Elizabethan Blackadder, who we haven't seen for a while because time changes for each series. So that was really nice. Mm. And then we go back and we see the the the, the Georgian, we see the Regency period which is really nice because we had they were the most recent that we were used to but what's i think is so good is that those little sections those little callbacks that they do it, it's not just like a sort of a nod and a wink it's not just like a little sketch they've basically got an entire episode's worth of plot <laughs> in about 10 each of those sections are about 10 minutes long and you feel there is a proper proper there's like there's a setup 
there's a mm. there's a, a, a scheme and then there's a, a a punchline and a payoff and they they're just incredibly funny in themselves hugh laurie doing his prince regent which is just <laughs> fantastic always fantastic and it's the, i mean the the quality of the writing on it i don't i almost would argue that the quality of the writing hasn't been better in terms of its tightness mm. in terms of how tight this episode is it, it's so strong it's so on point and then yeah we get to see black out of future which is kind of exciting yeah especially in 88 when you've still got <laughs> you know doctor who is still on and you know red dwarf is doing its thing and it's kind of like cheesy bbc sci-fi is yeah. is is far more prolific so again, you look at it now and you kind of go, oh yeah, they're kind of doing goofy, cheesy sci-fi. It's like, no, but that's what sci-fi looked yeah. like at the time. That's what we were watching. I, sp- I suppose it and is very this... classic Doctor Who, isn't it? In many ways, actually. It's, it looks very much, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like if if Sylvester McCoy had come running into that scene, <laughs> you wouldn't think twice. Yeah. And and there's a bit of Zardoz in there. With, in what? Uh... Oh yeah, with uh, Baldrick's yeah. uh, posing pouch. <laughs> that is very Zardoz. <laughs> which was the, if anyone doesn't know what Zardoz is, just just google it and just google it to be amazed it uh, yeah, yeah it's um sean connery and nappy basically it's fab um but yeah it's so there's, there's lots of nods and winks i think in all of these things to blackadder's i mean what i loved about that future one was just the the gobbledygook they're saying like put him in the sprouting Did chamber have you vanquished the nibbly pibblies? Yeah, yeah. No, I have not vanquished the nibbly pibblies because you just made them up. <laughs> that one had been in stitches. Because with Rowan Atkinson, it's the way he delivers dialogue. With the way he says nibbly pibblies oh. is just... No one else yeah, that can do that. Popping, spitting yeah. the words out. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I, again, it's like in terms, of the, in terms of the actors playing, these are all very good actors. Yeah. And they're all actors who have gone on to do... I wouldn't necessarily big say bigger and better things because this show was huge and is still very beloved. Mm. But they've all gone on to do maybe more high profile, more internationally renowned things. But in terms of these actors playing these characters, Hugh Laurie, Miranda Richardson, all these guys, I think that they are at their height, their absolute pinnacle in this one in this one special and although they do some really good performances later on in in goes forth because goes forth is a little bit it's a little bit more serious goes Mm. forth i guess it's a little bit more earnest so the performances they're giving in goes forth are a little bit just a little bit more grounded whereas this it's still in that very heightened silly elaborate but very controlled and very well performed sphere that they all do do so well and and it's it's yeah i love it (laughs) but it's the it's the 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 payoff though he's so brilliant in that when he when you get to him waking up on christmas day and you know you get mrs scratchit come in and uh and she and he's like he's not you know he's taking money off her and she goes what about tiny tip and she says and he says i suggest you scoop him out use him as a houseboat Those kind of things. <laughs> Those kind of jokes. The payoff is so brilliant to see because, and you know, in the end, ultimately, the ultimate joke at the end of it is that he's ba- by becoming a bad guy, he's basically lost out on becoming a rich man because Queen Victoria is going to give him fifty thousand pounds, which is probably like the equivalent of about ten million at that state at that time. Yes, and there wasn't there an estate in Kent yeah. or something like this. It's like and a title a of Baron, Baron Blackadder. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And he, he and it, and, it, and that, <laughs> that's brilliant. That in itself is a, is a brilliant joke because 
part of the the history of the character of Blackadder is in the first series, although it's it's a very different thing. In the first series, he is royalty. He's he's royalty, mm. and then in the second series, he is no his lineage has has been lost, and he's basically there's some talk of him being the bastard descendant of, and then by the third series, he's just a butler. He's a manservant to to the prince regent. So it's this idea of kind of like having lost your uh, lost your status and, and a character who's desperately trying to claw it back. And then you have this Ebenezer Blackadder who is very, very nice and good and, and honest and nearly gets back his his legitimacy. Yeah. He nearly gets his station back and then he throws it all away when he's a yeah. bastard. <laughs> it's just it's just put, again, everything we've said about this being the perfect time for this to have been written. Yeah. It's just it, it's so it good. So well. And that that then con- continues into um, goes forth when he's you know he's a captain on the front lines in World War One, and he's fa- you know it's in, in that show he's very in a way it's very nihilistic and dark because he's he's ju- all he does in that series is try and escape being killed constantly basically so you yeah know. absolutely and so so yeah there is and, a real I, through line isn't there I, yeah completely because I I imagine that in goes forth that's probably. Ebenezer Blackadder's son? Well, I, I was thinking this. Grandson? Because this is... I'd say this is like 18... It's got to be the 1850s because Albert's dead by like 1865 or something like that. Oh, actually, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, so so it would be grandson, yeah, wouldn't it? So yeah, so Victoria's like middle-aged yeah, so here. Grandson. So I reckon... Yeah, I reckon... Yeah, Edmund Blackadder. Yeah, because they're quite young. Um, is it Edmund? Is it still Edmund Blackadder in... Um, uh, it is still Edmund by Ghost Captain Ford, Blackadder, yeah. yeah. And again, grandson. this... This through line, it, it, it makes sense that uh, somebody who's completely lost their station in life, well, a good way to try and gain a kind of a higher station is to become a, a you know, a career soldier, yeah. Um, yeah. because that gives you, it gives you a sort of a, a faux title and a good pension yeah. and stuff. So that makes sense. Uh, oh, it's so good. I can't wait till we talk about Blackadder oh, fully. Oh, yeah, we will. I think, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come to this in a bit, but we, I, I mean, think this I'll, is on the uh, agenda relatively soon, isn't it, for us talking about the show in general? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, so, I mean, okay, two questions then. Firstly, would you say, and you're, I really like Blackadder, but it's been many years since I've watched them all, you know, and I can remember all individual episodes, if I'm honest. So that's something I'm looking forward to doing again. But would you say this is the best episode of Blackadder or one of the best episodes of Blackadder overall? So I would definitely say it is one of the best episodes. I don't know if I would quite say that it was the best episode because it's one of those weird things where... The things that make this tick the boxes of being the best episode, it, they only exist because the other episodes exist. Mm. So, so like we're saying, you know, this is so good and so funny because we know the character of Edmund Blackadder and because we know the story of A Christmas Carol. Well, if we didn't know those things, this would be less funny and less clever. Yeah. So, I kind of, I, I kind of, I do think it's one of the, one of the best. And I, I, it definitely hits the top five of of best episodes. But I think the only thing that holds it back from being the best is the fact that it relies on other episodes existing, mm. Mm. and so it doesn't quite have the standalone. Whereas there are other episodes of Blackadder you could sit someone down and say, "Watch this one episode of Blackadder you've never seen the show before," and they would watch it and understand it. Whereas this, you do need to have the backstory of Blackadder to to see it. So I think that kind of holds it back from being the best. Yeah. But for a Blackadder fan, I I think it could easily take the top spot. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's. I I think when I do a rewatch, I think I'll find this is 
absolutely standing up there as one of the best. What about in terms of Christmas specials then? I mean, would you say this is this is a high up if you were if we were to, you know, in the ranking of British Christmas specials over time, is this high up there, would you say? Yeah, I I do think definitely this is up there. Again, all you know, all my opinion and people can argue with me in the comments if they so wish. <laughs> uh a couple of years ago I wrote a kind of a, a top 10 Christmas special episodes and this was this was right up there near the top. Because of all the reasons that we've that we've spoken about, because of the 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 zeitgeist of the show, because of the understanding of the the source material, and because it is so Christmassy, there, there are no punches pulled. Mm. It starts with a a Christmas rendition of the of the theme tune. Blackadder has a great theme tune where the lyrics change each series. And again, in this, we just have a a song that sings about how lovely he is. Instantly gets a gag. The setting is Victorian, Dickensian London. There's snow, there's holly, there's carols. It is very, very Christmassy in and of itself. The story is entirely based around a Christmas carol. And it's and it's that kind of what I feel was, was missing with the bottom Christmas episode is that this is a special, it is special. We have special characters, special circumstances, special events. It feels special. I, I watch this every year in the run up to Christmas. In fact, I usually watch it more than once uh, because it's about 55 minutes. It's a very easy watch. Uh, and I know it so well, I can cut, I can put it on while I'm wrapping gifts or I can sit and watch it while I'm enjoying a coffee and a, a mince pie. So I, I think in terms of, of British sitcom specials, I think it's absolutely high up there because it, because it is so special. Yeah. Even Only Fools and Horses, even, you know, I don't know, not going out. You mm. know, they have some great sort of Christmassy specials. But this is this is very, very yeah, special it, in a way that other sitcoms maybe couldn't, you know, couldn't yeah. achieve. It's the, the format of this show allows for this to be so special. Yeah. No, I think that's true. You know, I do. I think there are there are some great Christmas specials out there. But this is this is built around Christmas, you know, Christmas Carol. And it is it, it, it is probably one of the most Christmassy Christmas specials ever. So you know, in, in comedy terms. So yeah, it's it's fab. I mean, this this would absolutely be. I, I need to do a proper ranking of these. I think, but this would be up there for me, hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's so well crafted. Yeah, it's brilliantly written. It is hilarious. It's structured wonderfully. The idea is, as we've said, utter genius. Uh, it, it, it's it's just great. It is so funny and wonderful, and uh, it's. It's one that I will, I have rewatched at Christmas, and I will continue to rewatch because it's great. So, yeah, it's been it's been real fun talking about this, talking about both of these actually with you, both very different kinds of episodes of uh, very different kinds of shows. Um, and and as I say, we'll we'll try and make this a yearly thing, you know, because there's all kinds of Christmas specials out there for all kinds of different shows. So next Christmas we'll come back with this same format, I think, and um, and pick. I've already got an idea what I'm going to pick next year <laughs> i've 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 already got an idea yeah. of what i want to pick as well it's like it's, just, it's, it's gonna be great it's gonna be good you just gotta wait another year so yeah cheers rob before we go should we talk a little bit about next year actually because we've we obviously this year we've got um we've, we've done a few episodes and thanks to anyone who's listening to this who has been listening to all of them and has um enjoyed some of them we've tried to be a bit diverse you know in what we've done we've covered Big shows like Forty Towers and The Office, and then smaller things like Fifteen Stories High and all this kind of stuff. So we we've tried and Paris, yeah, and... Paris, you know, Alexis sells Paris, you know. So I, th- I think we're going to try, aren't we, to to continue that sort of vein and flip between, you know, your big hitters 
and maybe smaller, interesting sort of comedies. Yeah, and I think that hopefully people are listening and they they're enjoying that. And I think it is interesting because yeah, we could talk about Only Fools and Horses, and we can talk about Dad's Army, and they're great shows. But you, it's quite nice to to focus in and talk about something a bit random like so haunt me or <laughs> that'd be or, a good one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was that oh my god yeah just having flashbacks <laughs> yikes yeah so it'd be it, but it's quite nice to sort of like look at the 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 less well revered mm. yeah definitely so i think i think we're going to do that i think we are going to talk about only falls i think because that is that is a good one to do i think that's coming we, we have recorded an episode on friday night dinner which has been I don't mind saying on the podcast, a bastard for me to edit because it's just been a really f- difficult episode and I completely lost the edit and I cried and it was horrible, wasn't it? So um, it was a, we, yeah. <laughs> that's still in progress. That would have been out by now, but it's still in progress. Hopefully that's Shit on it. Out. Shit on it. Literally a shit on it. Um, it's a great episode. It's a really good chat. I'm looking forward to everyone listening to that, but I think it's going to be probably the first one we do. We come back with in January now. So yeah, that's going to be really good. We've also talked about doing stuff like um, sitcom theme tunes as well, which I think would be just a great laugh to do that one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, personally, I, I've got a fascination with sitcom theme tunes. You know, Ronnie Hazelhurst alone. There's a whole episode in that. Um, but I'd, I'd love yeah. for us to sort of get to grips and, and the idea of having a few episodes where we're, we're talking maybe more about concepts and ideas and elements yeah. of sitcom rather than specific shows i think could be a fun way to go yeah absolutely yeah um so that that kind of thing is going to be good i'm looking forward to talking about how much i love the theme to george and mildred because i really do um That's a good theme. So, <laughs> it is really random and yeah we're gonna have the um uh as you've heard some of the uh british empire season by season ones that i've been doing for shipwrecked and comatose the red dwarf podcast with matt latham which we're doing steadily. So there'll be a couple more of them, I think, which we're going to sort of share as well. Um, and they're really good chats. Uh, but so th- we've, we've got some really cool ideas. We've got some things we're going to do. Uh, and we, we might not be every fortnight. It might be a little bit more sporadic and spread out because we want to try and watch a lot of stuff as well, sort of prepare and things like that so we can do it properly, you know, so we can actually give you... Yeah, your money's worth, as it were. But yeah, um, think think of it less like a sort of a six week run and more like Mr. Bean, where there'll be <laughs> one, <laughs> there'll be one every so often, but they'll be really good. But they'll be really good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a good way to frame it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited, Rob. I think I've really enjoyed the chats we've had so far, and I think we've got some brilliant ones to come next year. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I've really enjoyed it, and I, I, I've enjoyed the the different types of shows that we've talked about and i'm really looking forward to to diving deep in the biggies and in the weird stuff as well yeah yeah yeah. it's gonna be a lot of fun absolutely so yeah until 2022 guys thanks for joining us yeah and and thank you rob it's been it's been brilliant to do this with you and um yeah I, like i said earlier i hope you have a you have a great christmas you and your family thank you i hope you have a lovely christmas yourself cheers yeah and as we've said, thanks everyone for listening, supporting the podcast. And um, remember, we are part of the We Made This Podcast Network, as I said at the top. Um, please subscribe to You Have Been Watching. Give us a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars, ideally. That'd be great, because that'll help more people find our chats about comedy. Um, so if you would mind doing that, that'd be brilliant. And if you want to help out the network financially, please consider supporting us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com forward slash we made this, every little helps, as Tesco like to say. I like to say that as well, because <laughs> it does help us keep the uh, 
keep the lights on because it ain't it ain't cheap doing all these podcasts. So um, it really does help, actually. Um, so My cheers. hourly rate is so high. <laughs> yeah, he, it's getting worse as well. The more we do, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, cheers if you do support us in any of these ways. And Christmas comedy specials is not all we're talking about on the network. So we'll give you a little taste in a minute of what else you might have missed on the network. But until next time, you have been listening to Tony Black and Robert Turnbull. And we're retiring to Bedlam to watch Goldfinger on the telly. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. And Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Elsewhere on We Made This. Podcast 616, a Marvel Universe podcast. And I, I think that's why she is immediately likeable. You know, I liked her straight away. I find her engaging. I think she's well-performed, well-written. I think she's a strong new character that they're bringing in because she has a big legacy in the comics and I think they've really done it well on the evidence of this and the second episode. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there to, to mention that she's uh, definitely rebelling, isn't she, from her, her, her upbringing. Like you say, yeah, she lives in a, sure. in a like, quite an impoverished kind of apartment it looks like <laughs> nothing special and she could definitely afford better couldn't she so um but for all i know that's like a million dollar apartment in new york <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> probably is yeah. prices are so crazy <laughs> there but we dig music i tell you what for all the anger of the riot girl movement in the early 90s we had nothing then compared to how angry we are all now we're perimenopausal <laughs> and i want to start a new girl band called waning estrogen and we're going to take on the f-ing world <laughs> although based on based on last month's episode unless you have to use a sat nav to get anywhere <laughs> yeah. yeah the tours might be a little bit uh get someone this else is to drive not you. where i'm meant to be going <laughs> Shipwrecked and Comatose, a Red Dwarf podcast. Should we talk about the set on Moneybags? Let's, let's. I quite like it. As much as it's, it seems a little bit shonky for a show that's giving away that much money. But I like the shoot. I like the visual of pushing lots of money down the shoot. I thought that was cool. The conveyor belt at least works and isn't Mm -hmm. as shonky as the generation game. And it's fast as well yeah he doesn't feel like it's some poor bloke on a bike he looks like an actual conveyor belt so it's not some bloke on a bike because he does he doesn't stutter yeah <laughs> i watched it initially thinking how smooth is this gonna be and it's very smooth you know mm. it's got value check out all of these shows and more on the we made this podcast network <laughs>